Welcome to the Woven Well podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Estes. I'm a certified fertility care practitioner with a master divinity degree. Each episode will cover a topic that helps educate and empower you on your fertility while honoring the deep connection your fertility has with your faith. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Woven Well podcast. Today's episode is specifically for the teens and younger women in our audience or those that love them. So maybe you are a teacher or a parent or a loving aunt and you want to help out. This is a great place to start. I was recently asked to be a guest contributor for the blog of a restorative health clinic, and I chose to share something for the younger women out there looking for answers to some of their biggest cycle issues. And that's because it's not just grown women who suffer from cycle issues. Teens can experience the same concerns as an adult woman, but they have more uncertainty about whether what they're experiencing is abnormal or not since they're still adjusting to their fertility in the first place. They may have even been told that their issues would resolve once they get older, once they're an adult, or that the only way to reduce those symptoms was through hormonal suppression like hormonal contraception. But teens deserve to have their concerns addressed and their wellness prioritized right now. They shouldn't have to wait until they're an adult. And choosing to suppress their hormones at this stage could really have some lasting effects. Hormones in puberty are critical to the final development of female reproductive organs like the cervix. Suppressing or hindering this development leaves these women more vulnerable to diseases and infection the rest of their lives. So it's important. And so in the spirit of empowering women, including teenage women, let's get to it. Here are five teen menstrual cycle issues that shouldn't be ignored. Number one, painful periods. Painful periods are very real, but sometimes it can be difficult as a teen to express that pain or to be taken seriously. I'm sure I'm not the first person to have heard of a parent or a teacher or a leader of some type wondering if the teen is really being just a little bit overly dramatic or exaggerating her pain. And sure, who hasn't used their period as an excuse at some point in high school to get out of gym? I don't blame you there. But severe cramps should always be taken seriously. They can be a sign of an underlying condition that can be resolved when you get the right treatment and otherwise pain really can be debilitating and can prevent teens from listening in class, from participating in sports or clubs after school or keeping a job. But when you get the root cause of the issue and address it directly, then she's free to flourish, to live life fully and pain-free all while allowing her hormones to continue to develop naturally, which is an important part and shouldn't be underestimated. Point number two, the absence of a period. Menstrual cycles don't start off being regular, okay? When a girl has her first period, known as menarche, her body has just reached the point where her estrogen rise was just significant enough to produce a spike in LH, which led to actual ovulation. Before that, she probably saw signs of puberty because her hormones were beginning to function, but they weren't yet sufficient. Still, puberty is a long journey, and it takes a good long while to go from prepubescent 
girl to woman with full reproductive capabilities. And for good reason. (laughs) It was hard enough going through it slowly. Imagine if it just happened all at once overnight. So when a girl does begin menstruating, they're not automatically regular. It's normal for it to take a year or two before she can anticipate a consistent ovulation and period start date. But if it's been longer than two years and things still aren't really regular, it's time to go ahead and investigate why. At this point, it's no longer about letting things run their course, but about identifying what is it that's hindering her body from functioning normally. Now, cycles that are very irregular or maybe even not happening at all, which is called amenorrhea, these can be caused by really a variety of things. For instance, she could be dealing with a hormone deficiency caused by thyroid issues, or her body composition could be impeding her health. Maybe she doesn't have enough healthy fat on her body from being a great student athlete or not consuming enough calories. So the best course of action is to identify why her cycles aren't regular and address the issue at the source. And here I should clarify the importance of having an actual period and not just a monthly bleed. Okay, so hormonal contraception, which I've already said is not good for teens who are not fully developed to take, um, that's going to cause her to bleed monthly, but it won't be an actual period. It's going to be simply a withdrawal bleed from the change in her hormones. It feels normal now, but nothing has actually changed. So whether it's the thyroid, exercise, or something else that's hindering her body from functioning fully, that issue will still be there when the hormones from hormonal contraception stop. So instead, working with a women's health team with a restorative focus is really the best way to go. They'll get to the root of the issue and help improve not only her cycles, but her overall health with whatever's causing those issues in the first place. All right, point number three, PMS or PMDD. Unlike what all TV shows may lead you to believe, premenstrual syndrome or PMS is not normal even for teens with lots of newfound hormones. We have an entire episode on PMS that you can listen to, but you may be familiar with some of the basics already. Its symptoms are breast tenderness, headaches, fatigue, bloating, insomnia, increased irritability, crying easily, cravings, or being more likely to feel depressed. It can even develop into more extreme depression and or anxiety leading up to the start of the period, which is known as premenstrual dysphoric disorder or PMDD. It really can be difficult for teens, especially who are experiencing this to realize that these symptoms are happening right before their periods start in order to help narrow down the cause. It can be hard, too, to distinguish the emotional aspects of the condition from emotions they're just feeling naturally as they navigate the ups and downs of this stage of life. And it's almost completely impossible for them to know that there's a treatment for this condition, unless they work with someone who will ask them these questions, help them identify the timing, and offer them a natural treatment. Now, obviously, I'm going to recommend that that be a NAPRO physician or restorative health medical provider, but if you're listening and you're a parent or a teacher or you work with youth specifically, then maybe you can be the first person to ask these knowledgeable questions to help them identify 
where is this depression the worst? When, do you notice it getting worse at certain times of the month? Do you notice there are certain days where it's so much better? And how does that maybe correlate to your cycle? So I want to encourage you, if you're not a teen, that you may have an important role to play in helping them get that connection that they need. So PMS or PMDD are usually the body's sign that there's a hormone deficiency, which means that once this deficiency is addressed, the problem can be resolved and the teen gets the benefit of having balanced healthy hormones, which of course affect her overall health too, not just her cycles. So don't just ignore this one or brush it off as teenage angst, okay? If things are getting worse right before her period, her body is giving important signs of hormone deficiency, and that can be easily supported through the help of a restorative-focused medical professional. Point number four, very heavy periods. Maybe it would seem natural to think that a teen's first period should be extremely heavy since it's the first she's ever bled, but that's not actually the case. Very heavy periods, ones where a pad or a tampon is being soaked in less than two hours, can have causes that are reproductive in nature or not. That means that it could be hormones or uterine fibroids, for instance, that are causing that bleed, but it could also be an issue related to the blood itself, like maybe there's a platelet disorder, von Willebrand disease, or maybe they're a hemophilia carrier. So even if a teen's mother or grandmother, aunts or sisters also have heavy periods, it doesn't make the heavy bleeding normal. It makes it genetic. So it's possible that getting to the underlying condition can help not only the teen, but her female family members too, or even male family members. Obviously, periods are not for men, but they're also not the only scenario when blood matters. Dental procedures, surgeries, and more, they're all affected by our body's ability to bleed and to clot. And lastly, we come to the fifth cycle issue teens should never ignore, discharge. But this one shouldn't be ignored for a different reason. So teens can feel concerned when they start noticing this vaginal discharge or cervical mucus. What is this? Is this normal? Should I be grossed out? Is this a yeast infection? Do I need to call my doctor? Without understanding what this discharge is and why the body creates it, I don't really blame them for having these questions and for even being a little bit concerned. So instead, we recommend that teens learn exactly what this discharge is. I don't think it should be ignored because it's actually a really healthy sign of fertility. And once you learn to understand it, it can tell you a lot about your personal hormone health. That way, teens aren't unnecessarily going to the doctor or worrying that their body is gross or not working correctly. When you understand it, you know that it's not bad at all. Unlike a yeast infection, which is accompanied by itching, burning, or irritation, vaginal discharge and cervical mucus have no side effects, but simply produce this observable fluid. And this fluid reveals incredible information about where a woman is in her reproductive cycle, if it's cervical mucus, and how her body is staying healthy and balanced if it's vaginal discharge. So whether you're a parent of a teen, an educator, a youth group leader, or a teen yourself, 
I really hope that today's episode has been helpful and eye-opening as you consider the options you have for treatment for these really common teen issues. I hope the main takeaway is that our bodies are capable of giving signs of health or hurt even as a teenager and that teenagers deserve to be treated holistically and restoratively to set them up for overall health moving forward, not just when they're an adult. And you may be wondering, how do I find a medical provider who will hear and validate my teen's concerns? I hope that your OBGYN will do that automatically. But if you have an experience that says, "Mm, all they want to do is suppress her hormones, or they are not taking her painful periods or her absence of a period, etc. seriously, then please know there are medical providers out there that will. And I know I would be happy to get you connected with one. You are welcome to email me personally. Um, Caitlin, C-A-I-T-L-I-N at wovenfertility.com and I'll get you connected to someone. You can also find lots of free resources about common cycle health issues and more at our website at wovenfertility.com slash resources. And if you are a teen who would like to learn to understand this mucus or vaginal discharge, I would love to work with you. You can attend one of our introductory sessions that happens monthly online. You can find our next one at wovenfertility.com slash join us. As always, thanks so much for listening as we continue to explore together what it means to be woven well.